Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. Welcome to the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bull Hagen. And I'm Berg. Welcome to the show. And uh, if you're listening along, we've gotten off to a good start, I think. Uh, I just checked. Uh, I think I heard from Peter we have over 14,000 downloads. Oh, yeah, I know. It's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> okay, no, not quite. But we're getting a following. The people, we're getting some feedback. They're enjoying the show. So please uh, let us know what you think. And uh, we want you to be a, feel like you're, uh, you're having a beverage with us, that you're sitting around our table, our studio, our vast toxin tasting studio. It's very spacious. We have no one in our uh, VIP section, but if you're interested in joining us for our VIP section, let us know. And uh, I have a I have a drink, a beverage here that I'd like to share. But though, here's a problem: um, I don't have any cups. Now we have an app. Now I bet you Siri couldn't do this. I bet you Alexa couldn't do this. Um, I that, don't think that is uh, the one thing about the Victor app. I think Cortana, for any Microsoft users out there, could do this. So watch this, watch this. Hey, Vicar, get me some cups. <laughs> right away, boss. <laughs> see, see, this is a this is what makes our app state of the art. He, you know, he can. But you know, you just gave him the idea of like putting Alexa on a Roomba or something <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> so I mean, you know, so uh, you need to patent that before you say it. Right, <laughs> right. So you're probably wondering uh, what I have for a beverage today, and. Uh, um, have you ever been to Aldi? I have. That place is awesome. Right. So I went to Aldi, and I, I got the best sake. Is that how you pronounce oh, it? Oh, <laughs> okay. Nice. Hey. <laughs> the best sake you could buy. <laughs> Were you watching Karate Kid the other day or something? Or? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Man, I'm looking forward to this. Have you ever had it before? I have. I. It's been a long, long time, though. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you're supposed to drink this warm, aren't you? I don't know. That's I I really don't know. It's it's oriental, so I mean, it's all different, so. <laughs> uh, Vicar, um what do you now that you've got our cups here? What do you know about sake? <laughs> well, uh it's made from rice and my wife and I had some on our honeymoon. That was pretty good stuff. Oh. We drank it out of uh it's like wooden boxes. So, I didn't have any of those. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. What? How poor were you? If you're listening at home, one thing you didn't expect to learn about today is about how Vicar spends his honeymoon in a wooden box <laughs> drinking sake. <laughs> so, did you drink it hot or cold? Uh, I think it was. I don't remember actually. Well, you had other things on your mind. It's okay, Vicar. <laughs> so, so I opened up the cap, and you couldn't hear anything. So, but here we go. That's a that's a beautiful sound. All right, there you go. It is what is it? Basically, a wine made out of rice. Interesting. It it's I don't know. It smells like alcohol. There you go, Vicar. <laughs> you can have some. That's interesting. Yeah. What it tastes like it does take taste like wine, but it's without flavor. Yeah, I there there is like a particular, but I don't know how to describe it. It's it tastes like wine aftertaste without the wine flavor at the beginning. Yeah, it's almost like uh, when you over like I'm I'm a winemaker, so it's like when sometimes you over ferment, you know, like the fermentation goes kind of bad, and you get kind of this aftertaste. 
That's that's what I'm getting. So I bet you're supposed to drink this cold. Okay. You know, wait till the mountains are blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a. I was gonna mention as we. I have a beverage story. It has nothing to do with theology or anything, but I just thought it was kind of a funny story about my life. Maybe it helps you understand me a little bit better. Lay it on me, man. So, so uh, when I was a, a younger lad, you know, the big thing about going to a movie was you had to to uh, to to bring something in to sneak food or a beverage in, right? Because you weren't going to pay those outlandish three dollars for anything, you know, you were going to, you were going to sneak food or beverage in. Oh, you were such a rebel back in the day. So, so we were going to some big premiere. I think it might've been Batman or something like this. And this was, if you've ever been to remember, if you've ever been to Fort Wayne back in the day, there was what was called, uh, I think it was, was a this holiday. Was like the Mi- Michael Keaton Batman? Yes. Nice. Yes. So, so it was, it was a the- holiday too. And it was back in the day when they would have a theater that would hold hundreds and hundreds, a huge theater. It was packed for this premiere, right? So my friend and I were going, but I wasn't going to uh, just pay the outlandish fee for a beverage, right? Right. Right. So so the first thing I need is something to drink out of, right? So grab a thermos or something, you know. Right. Not, right. So I'm looking around the house. I couldn't find anything, right? So the only thing I could find to drink out of was a pickle jar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, okay. Because uh, – so because if you're going to drink something, you drink something, you have to, I mean, if you're going to sneak it in, you have to sneak it into something, right? Right. Yeah. And so- So no thermoses no, in the house. No. Interesting. No, okay. But I had a pickle jar. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm scanning the house now. What can I bring? Because, and I looked, we basically had three things in the house at the time. We had water. Is, is it worth sneaking into a theater, to, water into theater? No. No. The other thing we had was milk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to sneak milk into the theater in a pickle jar? No. So the only th- the other thing we had was we had some uh, iced tea in the refrigerator. And it's not like that that crisp, clean, freshly made iced tea. It's the, like been in the refrigerator for like eight days, cloudy tea. Mm, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so I go to this movie premiere with my pickle jar filled with cloudy iced tea. And, uh, and so... Uh, I tried to, you got to sneak it in, right? So uh, I was wearing my, you remember, remember the stonewashed jeans? Were you, are you young enough to, old enough to remember stonewashed? Those were the ones that were white, right? Like white and like blue. And it was like this special pattern of, uh, right. Yeah. Of, okay. Uh, wear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had my, not the, the, the Levi's that everyone else had, but it was like the Kmart version stonewashed jeans. And so I put this pickle jar of iced tea just below my belt in my pants so I can sneak it into the movie theater. <laughs> Okay. 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 So I'm just like the image is horrifying, but okay. All right. So we're we're learning something new today, aren't we? We are. So I go uh, to the to the movie. A long line. We finally get our ticket. We go to to get our ticket to go in in the line, and the guy at the ticket counter noticed. Hey, what do you have? <laughs> okay. Okay. And I try to play off like I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> and he looks at me like, dude. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> so here I am. There's probably there's and there are pretty girls behind me that I noticed that made it worse. So I had to pull. <laughs> I had to to pull a pickle jar of brown liquid out of my pants <laughs> in front of a lot of people, <laughs> and he said. <laughs> Does this ever happen to you, Bird? This has never happened. <laughs> okay. To me. <laughs> and he said, dude, you're going to have to throw that away. 
So if that's not embarrassing, first of all, I got caught. I thought, you know, when you're that age, oh, I'm going to jail or something. No, he just said, you just need to throw it away. Right. Fine. So where's the trash can? You see at the end of that line where the people are kind of wrapped around the corner? <laughs> all annoyed because I'm wasting their time because they really want to get in to see Batman, right? Right. Right. So, so uh, I have to get this pickle jar, pull it out of my stove, so and wash it. Not jeans. just the indignity of having to like pull this pull a beverage gross looking jar out of your pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you got to go stand by all the people who don't like you now because. Right. And I have to walk by them all <laughs> to get to the trash can with this pickle jar of brown liquid as I'm walking by saying, it's iced tea. It's iced tea. It's iced tea. It's iced tea. Don't worry about it. It's iced tea. <laughs> Throw it away, and the guy made everyone wait for me to come back. Oh man! So, uh, so you couldn't even like stand at the end of the line and feel ashamed, but right? He said he goes like, wow. "No, I'll wait." And so I had to walk by about a hundred people, throw my pickle jar of iced tea <laughs> away, and then come back. The so, walk of shame. Right. <laughs> That's a good question. Yes. Uh, the producer just asked me if it was cold when I put it in my pants, and he it was. It was a long line, so by the time I got there, it was cold-ish. It was kind of warm. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. (laughs) So, people, if that's ever happened to you, just remember, you could be pastor material. Indeed. Wow. How the the humble have been lifted up. So do you still drink iced tea? Yeah, once in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't store yeah. it in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> or in pickle jars. Right. Nice. So so uh, um, what are you preaching on? Or you're, you want to talk about your Lent, your midweek Lent that you've been doing? Yeah. So um, because society has been dealing a lot with things like liberation theology and, um, you know, all this sort of stuff, um, w- the question that I'm dealing with is, what is the gospel, okay? And what is the gospel not, right? And so does the gospel level things like uh, government or family? Does it get rid of them? Does it reorganize them? And so I am my theme, I guess, throughout this Lent has been uh, the gospel sustains and sanctifies, and then these different uh, orders of creation that we deal with, mm-hmm. whether it be the government or uh, masters and servants or Uh, parents and children. uh, Last night, we covered um, the gospel sustains and sanctifies the relationship between man and woman. Okay. And so I, you know, I talked about the roles of men and women um, uh, and how the gospel actually uh, frees us up. Uh, It frees up men to actually serve their wives by ruling. And it frees up women to uh, really rule their households by serving. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that in Christ, we're free to do that. We're free to submit to one another. We're free uh, to rule for each other's good. That's a, boy, that's that's a good good way of thinking about it because that is totally countercultural right now, isn't it? Yeah, I, especially when uh, the, uh, psycho- the psychologists of today have actually recently said that most of the social and psychological ills, if not all of them, are due to masculinity that of how boys are raised by their fathers. And what they want to do is get rid of manhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, um, and of course, as we know, there have been abuses of manhood in the past. Uh, this sort of hyper-aggressive sort of manhood is uh, obviously sinful. 
Uh, and if we look at true manhood, uh, we look to Jesus Christ. Not only that, to get rid of uh, uh, what it means to be a woman as well, would right. you say? Right. Chesterton said that uh, it's really strange when, uh, you know, a, when uh, being at home, being the mistress of your own house and ruling over your children is regarded as slavery. And yet going to work for other men for a wage is freedom. Yeah. So uh, I've always really liked <laughs> that. So, Yeah, very good. Um, for my uh, Lenten series, is uh, I'm talking about the office of the Holy Ministry. Awesome. And, uh, and obviously where you start, John 20, right? Yep. Which was read at my ordination. You were there. Was yeah, awesome. I was there. I was there. Fun times, man. And, and what I talked about with that is, um, is we live in a society where you can't agree upon anything, can you? I disagree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> because, for example, even if you watch a football game, you don't know what a catch is. Yeah. You, you know, they watch, you can watch it a thousand times on replay, and you'll still argue on whether it's a catch or not. Right. You know, we can't argue. We can't figure out what's real news, what's fake news. We, we, everyone has their own experiences, their own ideas, their own opinions, which is good because it brings perspective on a lot of different things. But what it does on the opposite effect is you never know what is true, what is right. And, and you don't know, uh, and, and especially in modern society. Is that a catch? Was the moon landing real? Is right. the earth round? And, and so, so we, we take that to uh, our theological discussions, too, and, and people wonder. We have all sorts of ideas on, on infant baptism, Lord's Supper, uh, sexuality, all those things, and we wonder, well, how do I know what is true? How do we know, you know that what, we have, what we can trust? Because we all bring so much baggage to these discussions, right? Mm -hmm. So then you, you get to, to John chapter 20, where Jesus breathes on his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. And basically in that passage, and then he goes on to say, whenever you forgive someone their sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you do not forgive someone their sins, they are not forgiven. And so what that does is, is when you speak the words of Jesus, right? Yep. You're speaking what Jesus has to say. Right. As a father sent me, Jesus says, even so I am sending you. So just as Jesus in his ministry, he spoke the truth. He spoke what the father said. Just like, you know, when, when the, the voice of the father boomed from heaven, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. When Jesus spoke, the Father spoke. Mm -hmm. And so when he sent, sends his people out by the power of the Holy Spirit in the word, when they speak the words of Christ, who is speaking? Jesus. Jesus. So much so that it's bound in heaven. What you say on earth is bound in heaven. So, so when you speak the words of Christ, when you speak the words of the Bible, and, you, and then you, you have Stuff a pastor happens. speaking that... Uh, because of good order, because every Christian has the ability, a father speaks the word of Christ to his family. When he speaks the word of Christ, right. he is speaking with the voice of Christ to his family. In much the same way, when a pastor speaks, he speaks the word of Christ uh, to the people he serves, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is it takes all that confusion, it takes all our baggage. And all that uncertainty. All that uncertainty. And, it, and everyone comes to church with all their different ideas, their emotions, their opinions, and it silences it all and says, okay, now I want you to listen to the voice of Jesus for a moment. Mm-hmm. This is the one thing you know it is true. It's bound even in heaven, these words. So when the pastor pronounces to you that your sins are forgiven, that is Christ speaking those words. And it, and it cuts through all of that garbage. It silences everything, even the stuff within our own heart. Right. That these words, uh, as Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, will outlast the world. And we think that this world is so certain, right? Right. We trust so, in all of the, the mountains and all that. But all that's going to go away. But these words are going to be forever. Right. So, so even if you think about it, even someone who comes to, to the Lord's Supper with their own emotions, this happens all the time where someone says they question whether Jesus actually forgives them. Mm -hmm. Maybe they feel 
feel like they're not forgiven or they feel that God is distant. It gives a chance to say, okay, you know, silence all those voices even in your own head. Listen to the words of Christ. This is my body given for you. Your sins are forgiven. You are baptized in my name. Um, all those things, it is Jesus himself speaking and it cuts through all those voices and it allows us to be one in a unified voice. And, and, and a big part of that is a pastor who, who proclaims that word to the people. So it, it brings about a certain amount of trust. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one thing, it's, it's sure, the congregation does have the responsibility to, to make sure the pastor is giving them Christ. Right. And right. that's why we learn things like the catechism and all those things. But on the other hand, it also teaches us uh, that we can have certainty. And what a unifying it is when we bring all these other things to the table and our own ideas and our own opinions. And because, because especially when it comes to these things, you're talking your own faith and, and the lives of your family who you care about very much. Sometimes it's hard to listen to that voice. Right. But it's something that you can trust. And, and what a beautiful way that works in, in John, John, John chapter 20, where essentially Jesus says, says this, you know, he's not going to let all those voices that are in the world and our own heads and all those things stand in the way of what he actually has to say. Right. And that's exactly why he sent you and me, right? Yeah. To, to cut through all that garbage. So that people can hear wonderful stories about me pulling brown liquid out of my pants. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I love that when that happens, where I just throw a state like that, I, I, and the look I, on your face is, you have no idea I, what I, to I don't, do with that. I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to drink a little more of this sake and All see right. if I can, uh, uh, you know. I think that's a good time now to talk about our, uh, our next uh, list here, right? Indeed. No, I feel, my list, I feel pretty strong about five or six of them, <laughs> but getting the full 12 is a, a little difficult. And so as we approach my top 12 list, okay, uh, this is something that you will only, I guarantee you, you will only get on this podcast, okay, because it brings two very niche worlds together. Okay. okay? So, I mean, you know, I knew we were going to be original, but okay, holy buckets. So so one thing to help you understand this about me is, is uh, as uh, when I grew in high school and that kind of thing, was really when the rap game started getting going. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. For example, I, I went to two MC Hammer concerts in high school. Wow. Okay. The first time I went to an MC Hammer concert, uh, my friend Mark, Mark, if you're listening, shout out to you, man. Mark and I were the only two white guys at the whole concert. <laughs> okay? Nice. Uh, and and uh, because that was before the I knew you, you were can't touch with you it. can't touch this song came out right. The second time we went, there were no black people there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, another thing you probably didn't know about me, did you know I am a, a an award-winning uh, rap artist? I, I know you like to throw down a mean beat every once in a while, so. Actually, it was at a at a, a youth group event that we went to, and they had a, a. Didn't you try to rap your Easter sermon one time? Uh, yeah, sort Well, I wrote my Easter sermon, and after about three lines, I noticed that it rhymed. That was more poetry, and so I just kept going with it. Nice. You know, so, so. It's kind of a legend. Some people aren't sure did that actually happen or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, I uh, won uh, second place in a, a talent contest doing a freestyle rap. Man. So. Respect. That being said, my top 12 list is um, the top 12 uh, Lutheran theologians, okay? Okay. That if they became rap artists, this is what their names would be. 
Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's time. For this is gonna Tom. be rad, dude. <laughs> I can't. Wow. This. Okay. Now, now you've got me excited. All right. You ready? Let's do this. Now, now some of these are strong. Some of them, I had like six or seven good ones, and I had to fill out twelve. All right. <laughs> Number twelve. Slick Agricola. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know if uh-huh. any of you remember Slick Rick. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. You like that one? Yeah. Okay. And if, you, if by the way, if you want to say about anything about these theologians, well, you're welcome to y- do that. Yep. And we'll be posting these on our Facebook page and the like, so that way, uh, if you're interested in who these uh, wannabe rap artists are, you right. know, uh, you know, you can look them up and you know, throw it on a beat of your own. All right. Number eleven. I really like this one. It should be higher, but but I, I'm just gonna give it now because I can't wait. DJ. Uh, Justice Jonas. Nice. And the Fresh Prince Frederick III. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> I right. like this. Do you like that one? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, talk about Justice Jonas and uh, Prince Frederick III, who is pretty important to the Luther Reformation. Absolutely. Not so much a theologian, but important. Number 10. The Notorious J.A.O. <laughs> nice. I like it. Good work. Um, the, no- <laughs> the notorious J.A.O. I like it. It's pretty rad, dude. All right. The next one. Number nine. Leia Flav. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to, obviously. Wilhelm Leia. All right. Or Wilhelm Leia. So, right. Or Lua, as some of you people say. Number eight. Uh, Sasa and Peeper. <laughs> <laughs> Going off salt and pepper. Yeah. Nice. I like it. I like All right. it. All right. Number seven. Nicholas von Amsdorf and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You like that one? Okay. I do. You know. He he uh, was against good works, I believe, right? Yeah. Right? He said they were actually injurious to salvation or something <laughs> like that. So maybe that's his Funky Bunch, you know? Yeah. You know, I think the problem is he enjoyed his... Sake a little too much. <laughs> Number six. Uh, Snoop Bugenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. All right. Number five. CFWA. <laughs> <clears throat> which is which is good because he kind of had an attitude, right? <laughs> right. That's that's true. <laughs> nice. You know, if you know, if you ever heard of it, never mind. Anyways. <laughs> Number four. Andrea 3000. <laughs> okay, I'm not getting quite the reference, but, okay. you know. Well, there's, there's a there's a rapper, Andre 3000. Oh, okay, okay. Nice, yeah. I like it. And he's with, uh, I'm trying to remember, Vicar. Vicar, what group is Andre 3000 in? Uh, yeah, Andre 3000 is uh, one of the two duo in Outcast. Uh, do you remember the Shake It Like a Polaroid picture? Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. I understand, yep. You're catching what I'm throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Okay. Number three. Uh, this was Vicar's idea. It's lame, but we'll let him. Uh, Kretz in effect. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I, I'm not against it. Okay. 100%. So. Okay. Number two. Chemnitz West. <laughs> nice. I like it. And number one. 
ML Cool J. Nice. I like it. For Martin Luther. Of course, we had to have him right. as number one, one on the list. So my uh, lists have been all over the place. Yep, they? they've, they've been pretty epic. When we I'm, started this, you were wondering, now, can he have, like, if we did this all year, is he going to have 52 top 12 lists? I, I was wondering, and you've done really well so, so far. So you can see all the different directions I can go. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's help your pastor sleep at night, the, the Bible fantasy football team. Uh, names of the podcast. So that's the thing. If you don't know who these rapists are, yeah, <laughs> that was intentional actually. So um, <laughs> we'll be posting. We'll be posting information to our Facebook page too. So very good, very good. <laughs> All right, but more importantly, the theologians. So you know, that's right. <laughs> All right, so time to move on to Berg's bodacious blasphemies, Peter. Play the intro. Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies is the part of the show where Berg seeks to sell you ancient damned illusions by repackaging them for modern consumption. In short, Berg makes bad stuff sound bodacious. Okay, uh, this blasphemy is uh, the Ophites. They were uh, around AD 220, and they were a Gnostic sect, and we talked about Gnostics before, and they believe that God who forbade Adam and Eve from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he was actually the bad guy, and that the serpent, Satan, is actually the hero. Oh, my. So um, this sort of reversal of good and evil is very common among uh, Gnostic heresies. So that gives you a little insider scoop of... Uh, so to go on our music motif, it's kind of like a hairband. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> this is like the power ballad of the Gnostics. All right. So do you like the bad guys? Did you root for Darth Vader in Star Wars or the Borg in Star Trek? Are villains the real heroes, like the Night King from that terrible evil show Game of Thrones? Or perhaps you are just the opposite of Indiana Jones and really like snakes? If so, then maybe, my apprentice, the dark side is for you. Join the Ophites. Their reading of Genesis 3 is way cooler. They think that God, the creator of all, is an enemy called Yadalabath. He is a lesser being who deluded himself into thinking he was the only god. But the serpent, like Prometheus, is the real hero of this drama. He gave us the origin of the knowledge of good and evil. Moses even saw how powerful this serpent was, and so he set up the bronze serpent, and whoever gazed at that obtained health. Christ himself, in his gospel, imitates Moses' serpent's sacred power in saying, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Have you gotten tired of those repetitious words of institution that we have in the Lord's Supper? No problem. Just speak John 3.14 over the bread and the wine. But the consecration isn't complete without our creepy crawly friends. Get a snake, let it crawl up on the table, and roll in over the loaves, because that is the perfect sacrifice. You will not only break the bread in which the snake has rolled and administer it to those present, but you will also kiss the snake on the mouth. I mean, besides the tongue, why wouldn't you want to honor the one who brought us into sin and death? I mean, the true knowledge of God. Obviously, snake power is way better than our Savior, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. By joining the rank of the Ophites, you join many Gnostic, Gnostics from the past and present. You also join that wicked poet, poet Brian, who cheated on his wife and wrote blasphemous verses. And William Blake, who was so crazy that they used his red dragon painting in that prequel to Silence of the Lambs. But don't think that you're the only living adherent of this snake cult. You could also join the Church of Satan, who views the devil as a liberator, just like they did in the past. Or you could stop being such a millennial, remember that Indiana Jones is right, and rejoice in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, 
between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Wow. Just when I think you get a crazy group, you find, just like, uh, I'm not going to have any trouble finding my top 12 list. You're, there's so many of these, you're not going to have trouble. No, it, this one was a lot of fun because uh, there are a couple groups out there. So, I mean, I, I try not to, I'll, I'll try to take them at the different slants where they, sure. uh, but um, yeah, this group was. Do you remember how long ago these guys were going? It's like 1800 or so years ago. Okay, wow, a long time ago. Yeah, and there are some uh, early church fathers who wrote about them, like Irenaeus mm -hmm. and Pseudo-Tertullian, for example. Okay. Um, so, yeah, these guys are weird. I mean, they really like snakes. And I, I guess that gets us into the question of is, you know, why does God tell Moses to make a bronze snake? And why does Jesus then compare himself or say that this bronze snake was actually a picture of him on the cross, Right. Why would God use such an image? I mean, because that's the the form that the that the devil took right. in order to tempt us, right? Well, I think that the reason why uh, God uh, commanded Moses to make a bronze serpent is because what does it say about Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Even though he was sinless, he took on the form of sinful man. And in fact, he who knew no sin became sin for us, right? And so here uh, you see Jesus, who is sinless, actually become sin itself, mm -hmm. right? The very picture of the devil, right? Can, can I just stop you for a minute? Sorry. No, it's getting a little well, too... Well, I'm really trying to concentrate, but then I see Vicar. He's playing with his shoe. <laughs> what on earth are you doing? <laughs> he's looking for snakes. <laughs> he, he has a shoe off. It's in his hands, and he's look, looking at it like it's a puppy. What, what are you doing? <laughs> Vicar, what are you doing? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. We had a thing going. Yeah, we were. It was a beautiful moment oh. and ruined. Well, I, <laughs> you're just playing with your shoe. How old are you? Well, do we I, do we need to up your pay so you can afford <laughs> shoes? I thought I had the one that attention. How am I supposed to pay attention? It's tough enough. You're playing with a shoe. Oh, well, that's the problem. You gave him the sake. That's true. And so you know, back to the Capri Sun, Vicar. Back to the Capri Sun. <laughs> So, so, so it really is. You would, wouldn't you say? It's, it's, it's a. There is an a way of people just like to rebel, right? And and uh, and uh, they all there. It's it's kind of like the goth movement from years past, where where people kind of embrace the darkness and 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 that kind of thing. And right, and the devil becomes more of a teacher or a liberator, right? Yeah. That uh, um, and this is a pretty common thing. I mean, especially for people uh, who, for example, read Greek myths. Right? Mm -hmm. You see this with Prometheus, the the god who brought fire down from from the gods and uh, gave it to humankind. And you know what happened to him, right? Zeus uh, pinned him to a rock and had a, a vulture come and eat his liver for thousands oh. for thousands of years until Hercules. Uh, Did you, you know, realize that him. when you said you know what happened to him, right? You noticed the blank stare back at yeah. you. Yeah, it was. I really wanted to pretend like I knew <laughs> you were talking about. You know, it was it was rhetorical. <laughs> I, I know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, because when we hear the knowledge of good and evil, we think, oh yeah, knowing good and evil is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because most people think that you can't really be moral unless you have a choice, unless you. Uh, choose good or evil, and you can't choose good or evil if you don't know what they are. And I think actually, um, at the last podcast, um, we talked a little bit about that in the sense that 
that uh, there's a huge movement right now to free people from from the bondage of historic Christianity. Right. That uh, that it's enslaving people. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, that uh, that terrible wet rent, a wench uh, <laughs> who uh, made uh, turned all those purity rings into a yeah yeah golden family thing. show family right. show. Hey, I didn't say it. Okay, I was restraining myself. Okay, but uh, yeah, it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? Where where God's word is oppressive; it's holding us back. He's holding back the truth somehow that the devil and and our own flesh and our own, all that stuff is telling us. Right. That. True freedom is not having the ability to do whatever you want, but it's actually living as God created you. And that's what we find in Christ. That's why a woman who submits to her husband um, in Christ has perfect freedom. And the same thing with a man who uh, rules by sacrificing himself, right? In Mm -hmm. Christ, this is true freedom. And the world will never get that. No. Because it can't. They can't understand the things of God. Yep. Well, very good. We should keep the the show moving, right? Vicar is he took off his other shoes, so let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to the ADHD Bible study. <laughs> we should dedicate this. We're going to dedicate this, Vicar. <laughs> I was wondering if he was going to try and make a phone call. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So that brings us to uh, our uh, our uh, attention deficit Bible study. Peter, play the intro. Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the Impaired Concentration Bible Study. One verse, one verse only. All right, so this is episode five, right? So uh, I will, Vicar, you, do you have it or do you want me to read it? All right, Vicar. All right, here we go. Obadiah 5. If thieves came to you, if plunderers came by night, how you would have been destroyed. Would they not steal only enough for themselves? If grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave gleanings? All right. Preach your brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this was this was a little tough, but we'll, we'll get there. That, that's, that's the fun of behind it, though. It's a, it's a challenge, right? It is. It, it is challenging. So what God is doing here through Obadiah is he's using two different examples. He's using the idea of thieves and the idea of uh, those who are picking grapes. And the whole point of this is to say that this isn't a natural disaster, but what God is sending upon uh, Edom, the people of Edom, is supernatural. Because thieves can only take so much. Mm-hmm. The grape gleaners, which Israel would have been very familiar with because you had to leave gleanings in the field for the poor, right? Um, uh, they can only take so much too. What God here is prophesying is a complete end to Edom, that what's going to happen to them, uh, they won't be able to say is natural or um, or pawn it off on anybody else. But it is going to be really clear that this is from God because he, he's going to make a complete end to them. It reminds me of uh, Ezekiel 37, the Valley of the Dry Bones, where where God's telling Ezekiel, uh, when, when I breathe life into these bones, then you will know that I, the Lord your God, have done it. So there's no credit other than to God that can be made. Right. This is like the, that's a good point. This is like the shadow side of that, right? That they're going to know it's God because there is not going to be any more life and there isn't going to be any, a remnant left. Right. It's, it's kind of like on the last day, everyone will know who the true God is at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Whether they want to or not, and they'll bow whether they want to or not. Right. Like, just like the br- the pickle jar full of brown liquid, right? God uh, isn't going to even leave you even a drop of that left, right? <laughs> just with just like the uh, Edomites. Yeah, so it would be 
kind of like our story earlier. It'd be kind of like a, not only would I have to take that, that brown jar and, and walk it over, you know, it'd be kind of like the guy, okay, now I want you to drink that brown liquid in front of everybody before you throw it away or something like that. <laughs> something above and beyond. Right. Or make, I thought that story was going to end with, and you'd have to go back to the end of the line to wait for your tickets. Oh, I would have loved to do that. Just kind of hide <laughs> behind everybody, right? That would have been amazing. But no, I had to walk by them twice and make everybody wait. So, all right. Uh, we could go further, but I it's getting towards the end of the episode, and I'm losing focus. So Indeed. That brings us to our uh, next section, which is... News that bothers Berg. Peter, play the intro. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. All right. Uh, I really do think this is going to bother you. Okay. Okay. So... Um, if it doesn't bother you, I think there's, it'll say a lot about you. So, oh, now I'm fascinated. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a story. Um, I could give you the, the particulars, but if you would just want to know more about this, just Google a few, few keywords. You'll find the story. Okay. Okay. All right. So, have you ever been to Universal Studios in Orlando, the the theme park? Yeah, that place is awesome. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was the day after uh, Seagull pooped on my head at uh, Disney World. So, <laughs> yeah, so I swore vengeance against all seagulls. All right, well, then you'll really like the story. So uh, uh, the story is this, and I'm going to edit because it uses words I'd rather not use in our podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Universe Orlando now has a uh, a naked troll. A what? A troll. Do you know the movie... Uh, Trolls, it's one of those their characters. Yeah. Um. What? Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. There's I, a character I, from one of the movies. It's troll, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, what this guy? Are these kind of like those uh, trolls from the '80s? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, a naked one? Well, well, here's what he does. Okay. Well, this 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 troll they emphasize the the backside. Okay. And uh, what he does is he goes around and he passes gas of glitter upon the guests at the park. What? How <laughs> oh, people are gross. So here, here uh, from the Trolls animated movie, he has a well-defined rear end that not only passes gas on guests, but fires off glitter when he does. Uh, well, I mean, that's just, yeah, I mean, it's bothersome, but it's also, it's just tacky. I mean, like, it's literally toilet humor. Right. Like, <laughs> literally. Like, I mean, What? Now, my parents tell me that whenever they would go to parent-teacher's conferences when I was a kid, that uh, he does, they'd say, he does really well, but he can kind of do without the potty humor. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess when I was a kid, I would like this, but when you go to a theme park? Yeah, this, uh, and you pay, I mean. You pay all that money to sit there and be glitter pooped on? <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> and, and, and what bothers me about it is the fact that, no, I'm, Hopefully, you know, you know, I'm not generally a prude about. <laughs> no, but there is something to be said about decency, and I mean, yeah, and, it, and I, I do think that there are other themes behind that. If you think about it, yeah, glitter, sparkle, right? That's just, yeah. There's definitely an agenda that's being pushed. It, it doesn't take any smarts to do it. It is just kind of, hey, look, yeah, ugh, gross, so. <laughs> yeah, ugh. <laughs> so, man, that's another thing. Now I have to like cross off my list that I can't go and see again. Ugh. I mean, you could go. You just, if you see a troll. 
Uh, I, oh, <laughs> gross, man. So, all right. Well, uh, that brings uh, the majority of this episode to a crashing end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we moved from the front of the pants to the back of the pants. So, I mean, I, I guess there was progress there. So, moving on to Confound the Clerics. Peter, play the intro. Confound the Clerics. So, our, our question comes from someone named Lizzie. Ah, okay. Lizzie has a question. So, we've been discussing in Bible study at our church, and it might be an interesting topic to talk about on your podcast. Who was Melchizedek? He's mentioned in Genesis with no apparent background. Then in the New Testament spends something like an entire chapter comparing him to Jesus. Yet no one really knows for sure who he is. Anyways, great podcast, very funny and informative, and all that. Thanks. No, thank you, Lizzie, for asking the question and being involved with the show. Without you, there is no podcast. Show. All right. So who is Melchizedek? The king of righteousness. <laughs> right. So what does that tell us? It tells us that Melchizedek is probably not his personal name. Right. right? It's a title. It's a title, right? And he is king of Salem, mm -hmm. which means peace. And it will later be Jerusalem, where David sets up his capital. So who is Melchizedek? Well, you're right. We don't get a lot of information about him. We know that he is the priest of the Most High God. We know that he is Abraham's superior because he blesses Abraham and receives a tithe from him. Uh, we know that uh, he is uh, old, very old, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of like a, an outpost of true religion, which is kind of interesting to see, mm -hmm. right? That uh, there are still believers uh, even 400 years, 430, 450 years after the flood, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, who are some candidates for Melchizedek? Do you know of any? Um, well, I've heard that it is a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Well, the problem with that is that, um, well, it's <laughs> the pre-incarnate uh, Son of God didn't actually reign on earth as a king, a king. Yeah, of true. a literal yep. city, right? I mean, that's the problem if you allegorize this uh, mm -hmm. too much and don't keep it in the in the basis of history, right? Then um, Scripture turns into a wax nose. So who could this be? Now, no, now, no doubt, Hebrews actually does take this and uh, applies it to Jesus uh, for different reasons, right? So who is this? Well, it could very well be Shem, who was Noah's son, Noah's son yeah. right? Uh, Noah actually, I think he actually outlives Abraham. That's how long he lives. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, so you've got Shem, who's still running around. Mm -hmm. You've got Eber, who's still running mm -hmm. around. I mean, they actually call, and Eber was a really famous guy. That's is, he, why, is he the guy that would, like, if you needed a ride, he would come and give you a ride? Not, not Uber. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. But uh, they actually call them Hebrews, right? Mm -hmm. From the word Eber, right? Mm -hmm. So he must have been very well known uh, in order to call Abraham a Hebrew, right? So it could have been any one of these uh, well, uh, post-Diluvian, uh, it could have actually been an antediluvian uh, patriarch, Shem, who lived before the flood, but it could have also been some of these post-Diluvian ones as well. Mm -hmm. Um who still taught and preached the true religion. Now, I find it to be an exceptional uh, showing of God's grace and mercy to Abraham, right? Because his family, his family tree was already stuck in the mire of idolatry. Yeah. Only 400-some years after the flood, and Terah's already, you know, committing unionism and syncretism with idols, right? Mm -hmm. And um, why not just go back to an earlier line, right? Mm -hmm. Why not 
say to Melchizedek, well, you better start having more babies because, you know. <laughs> but instead he calls Abram out of this this land of idolatry and unrighteousness, and he actually establishes his church. Yeah. Which is a wonderful, he is not like Noah. Noah is called perfect in his generation, that he walked with God. Abram wasn't like that. But this actually shows God's great grace and mercy. And uh, in Hebrews, in the New Testament, uh, we are given a little bit more, some interpretation referring to him as a priest, just like Jesus Christ is a high priest. Right. And, and uh, Vicar, what does a priest do? Do you know what a priest does? A priest uh, intercedes for, uh, between, like, man and God or okay. offer sacrifices. So, so, so a priest is kind of like the go-between. He speaks to God on behalf of the people. Yeah. In Old, Old Testament, a priest would offer a sacrifice. But uh, we have an advocate in, in Christ Jesus who is our high priest. So, so how, is, uh, how is Melchizedek like a priest? Yeah. Well, it actually calls him the priest of the Most High God. He uh, does what a priest does. He blesses Abram, mm-hmm. right? And he actually receives tithes from Abram, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what you do uh, for the priesthood, right? Mm-hmm. The Levites would do the same thing. And um, so there we see him acting as a priest uh, and as a king, right? Which is very uh, very picturesque of our Lord and Savior Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, who is both prophet, king, priest, and, and king, king right? Yep. Uh, he is the king of righteousness, Right, just like Jesus is the King of Righteousness, mm-hmm. right, and uh, time and time again, like in Jeremiah, calls him the branch of righteousness and the like. Right, mm-hmm. um, you have he is the King of Salem, peace, right, and well, he is our peace, and he establishes uh, he is the Prince of Peace, and he establishes uh, a city where peace reigns, and that is in heaven. Well, one thing I like I like about the whole Mel- Melchizedek thing is is it's kind of unexpected. It just kind of appears out of nowhere. You know, for Abraham, right, and uh, and that's what's intriguing. One of the things that's intriguing about it, and to me, it's it reminds me also of his his apostles, the disciples, who weren't necessarily people that you would expect to be the apostles sent over all over the world. And God uses uh, surprising people and surprising places to do His work. And uh, I think as a church, we need to be mindful of that. Where uh, you know, there are all sorts of people that that uh, have a wonderful voice and a way of helping that we might overlook. Right. And Hebrews also brings up the point that um, Melchizedek didn't have father or mother or anything like that, right? And what he's doing there is he's making this distinction between the Levitical priesthood, which was still in Abram's loins at that time, uh, and received the blessing and actually gave the tithe to um, Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing is, is I think this is a reason why um, uh, Melchizedek is probably one of the uh, uh, patriarchs from of old, right? Mm-hmm. Because he lives so long that they can't, Remember, it's hard to believe that he even had a mom and dad. Yeah. It's like when, you know, kid, like the preschool kids come up to you, they probably can't imagine <laughs> that you were ever their age. Right. And you're, you know, not you're not very old at all. Those preschoolers sure give us the rock star treatment, though. Right. <laughs> now imagine being 900, <laughs> you know. So, Well, thank you, Lizzie, for that, that question. And uh, keep them coming. Keep them coming. And uh, that brings us to the close of our show. Um, uh, if they have any more questions, how do they want to get a hold of us? They can uh, email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org, or they can uh, send a message on our Facebook, Clerical Errors Podcast on Facebook. And also, uh, we have a Twitter account, and uh, you can find us on our Twitter account as well. So, Clerical Errors P for podcast uh, at Twitter. So, 
at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, Peter, you've got enough sticky notes um, for us. So, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's kind of review what we learned today. You remember this? My top twelve list is um, the top twelve uh, Lutheran theologians. Okay. Okay. That if they became rap artists, this is what their names would be. Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's time. <coughs> this is going to be rad, dude. Well. <laughs> I can't. Wow. This. Okay. Now, now you've got me excited. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about this? Can, can I just stop you for a minute? Sorry. No, it's getting a little well, too. Well, I'm really trying to concentrate, but then I see Vicar. He's playing with his shoe. <laughs> what on earth are you doing? He's looking for snakes. <laughs> he, he has a shoe off. It's in his hands, and he's look, looking at it like it's a puppy. What, what are you doing? What? <laughs> You're just playing with your shoe. How old are you? Do we, I, do we need to up your pace so you can afford <laughs> shoes? I thought I had the one that attention. How am I supposed to pay attention? It's tough enough. You're playing with a shoe. Well, that's the problem. You gave him the sake. That's true. Back to the Capri Sun, Vicar. Back to the Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> and of course so the big thing about going to a movie you had to to bring something in to sneak food or a beverage in right the first thing i need is something to drink out of right so the only thing i could find to drink out of was a pickle jar so i'm, I'm scanning the house now what can i bring the only the other thing we had was we had some uh iced tea in the refrigerator and it's not like that that crisp clean freshly made iced tea it's the like been in the refrigerator for like eight days cloudy tea mm. so i go to this movie premiere with my pickle jar filled with cloudy iced tea i tried to you gotta sneak it in right and so i put this pickle jar of iced tea just below my belt in my pants. We go to, to get our ticket to go in, in the line and the guy at the ticket counter noticed, hey, what do you have? <laughs> so I had to pull, I had to to pull a pickle jar of brown liquid out of my pants. And he said, dude, you're gonna have to throw that away. So where's the trash can? You see at the end of that line where the people are kind of wrapped around the corner? <laughs> right. And I have to walk by them all to get to the trash can with this pickle jar of brown liquid as I'm walking by saying, it's iced tea. It's iced Iced tea. It's iced tea. Uh, the producer just asked me if it was cold when I put it in my pants, and there was a long line. So by the time I got there, it was kind of warm. <laughs> so people, if that's ever happened to you, just remember you could be pastor material. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Clerical Errors. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. We'll see you next time. Or hear you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash clerical heirs podcast. Money we receive is invested back into the podcast and the surplus donated to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clerical heirs podcast, on Twitter at clerical heirs P for podcasts, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. There you can also find links to the things we talked about. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.